thinky, thirsty, and over 30. Welcome to Afternoon Army, a safe place for grown armies to dish and discover BTS. We are four ladies who just wanted to know their names and now can explain the meaning of Lachimolala. New to Army? No problem. Come along as we explore all the important business that Bongtan throws our way. Join us on the last Tuesday of every month as we hop in the clown car and drive to the circus. And stay tuned for shorter, snack-sized episodes between hosts and various correspondents. Because one thing we know is that content, well, it just keeps on coming. Hello, Megan. Hello, Leah. We have been left unattended. Yes, we we don't have our moms today. <laughs> Uh-oh. And so it is Girls Gone Wild here at Afternoona Army, which look, Why? if I don't have if I don't have a responsible adult in the room and Megan is not in a responsible adult in the room, we don't know what's going to happen today. It honestly because I was up at 12:30 this morning and saw that you were up at 12 30 this morning <laughs> and was sending you pictures of Yungi and like I love that you sent it so just for the context of time because I never know when somebody's going to like find this and listen to it this is when some stills from his d-day performance have dropped we've already seen a few yes. but today he went kind of serving us if you're a Gen Xer like Jordan Catalano yeah aesthetic with like heeled boots like pretty solid heels too yeah two inches yes step on my throat heels yes yeah (laughs) so and it was funny because you sent it to me like have you like you know have you seen this I'm like yeah I've fucking seen it and now (laughs) I'm trying to watch k-drama to like chill out because like I'm all riled yeah I I just made the mistake of like that was like the last thing I was going to do. Like I did Wordle and I did some like Pinterest stuff. Cause I'm looking for some like inspiration for stickers and like just different things. And I thought, you know what, I'll just check Instagram one more time. And I opened it and that was it. And I was like, who's awake. I know. And, <laughs> and, then was you. <laughs> and I was like, watching alchemy of souls. Being right? like, you just live. I'm just trying to live. <laughs> Which I'm like, so glad that you love it. Cause I really love it. But I'm like, a slut for historicals so like I was like I don't know if Leah's gonna love it and it's okay because I'm not that person that you like you have to love what I love but I enjoyed it so much that like I was just like oh I'm glad that she likes it <laughs> yeah we're gonna do a podcast over afternoon of delight on it uh next week we're gonna start and really just I did not need a 24 year old baby to come for me like this no but here we are they're just coming coming Um, and I haven't, I mean, I have, she knows about it, but like Amy loves Rawoon so much. Like I send her Rawoon stuff all the time. And I just wanted to remind her lightly that they're, they start together in Extraordinary You. Yeah. I mean, we have that on the docket. So now we're just going to burn in hell and watch that. So that is on the babies. Yeah. We are going to be doing that drama as well. And then so, you know, I had a late night, like I went to bed, probably push in like, you know, one thirty. then woke up to do the whole kid shuffle and 
get the Weverse notification and I see it's Hobie and you're not going to not go, you're not right. going to check in for Hobie. I did twice. I mean, it was like, here we go. This is it. This is it. And he even confirmed, this is it. This is my life before I enlist. And it was, okay. It's J-Hope who is like the cuddliest, like ball of sunshine ever. Love him for that. Like I, I love him. I just don't understand why his enlistment has hit me really hard. I know we have to do this like five more times, but like when we got the letter from Big Hit, I was like, no, 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 we can't go down this road. Like we can't, no, I'm going to, I'm going to hide. Like I'm just hiding. Cause I can't, I can't do it. And then he comes on today with his new little haircut that is so incredibly short in the back that just sticks up, which is like the most endearing thing I've ever seen. Like stop it. It's really cute. It is. He looks like I'm okay. I don't like to like make them into babies. Obviously they're grown men, right? Like I hate when people do that. Like they have a life, they're grown, whatever. But he just reminded me of like that preteen awkward kid in school that like was so like just funny and like happy, but like no one really paid attention to him because he was just kind of awkward. And like that little like cowlick in the back that I see every time I see the hair cut, I'm like, oh my gosh, he's just so cute. So that's a really sweet way to take it. I know you don't. He helped me take it in another way that was not so sweet. And that was, this haircut makes me feral. And bedhead for sure. The glasses. And Mm -hmm. I had uh, a friend who was like, this is giving me like Cal STEM student. So like, oh, you know, yeah. Berkeley uh-huh. working yep. in computer science. And I was like, Ooh, like really just like knuckle bite on that one. So yeah. you know what? He looked amazing. I'm yeah. really sad to say yeah. goodbye for him. October, 2024 yeah. is he's going to come back and he's going to come. The only thing that I know to like do in my brain is be like, just be ready. Because when he comes back, he's going to come back for our whole ass. Yeah, I think so. And I, I mean, we've all seen military glow ups. So yeah, I mean, gonna have one. I mean, they're all going to have one, but he's going to have one and he's going to come back with like an album up his sleeve, ready to like, sure. really yeah. But I'm just saying like, okay, think about Parkhan Shik. And like how he was kind of wiry before he went into the military. And then he came out and he wasn't so wiry anymore. And I feel like, yeah. That's... Yeah, the, the body conversation is for a different day. I know there's <laughs> a lot of nuance about it, but they do keep themselves. And he's a lean person by nature, yes. but they do keep themselves on like their extremely low side. Yes. And there's many reasons for it, but I'm going to say like the taste we probably have to the West to some degree. And I mean, like in other places too, is like, you know, when we see these, when we see these people come out and they've had their three square meals a day Mm -hmm. and they've been working out, they're coming out with a little bit of thickness to them and it makes them look like just whole ass men. And so there is the phenomenon of the military glow up and we are just going to have to, that's going to roll into chapter three. Like, you know, chapter three is going to kick off and it's just going to be military glow ups. Like Jin, when he comes out, his shoulders are going to be like Atlas holding up the world. And 
at that point, we're going to have been in a nuclear winter. I hope he's ready for what the bitches are going to be like, because it's going to be like, he's going to come out like, whoo, (laughs) we're going to be like at the gate, like zombies, like. (laughs) I know. And like the only saving grace about that is like, he's not as active on social media. So like, I mean, maybe by then he will be, but like, I don't think he's going to see like how feral it's going to get because it's going to be like so feral. Like he can just be like, stop your nonsense. Right. Which but is, also- I mean, he does have some brat taming elements to him, so good for him. Okay, yeah. before we just turn this into like a dirty uh, <laughs> hour, what are we talking about this month? We decided to talk about collabs, um, and because we've had a lot of collabs, we have solo projects coming out with collabs, and so we thought, hey, why don't we do a little sort of deep dive into collabs and what they mean and for me as I was like doing some research I just didn't even realize that like some of the songs that I really like are considered collabs like in the west you know like uh I don't think in the west we talk about like oh this is a collab like they do in k-pop so that was interesting to me so what to talk about so let's just do you know set the stage a lot of people are going to know what we're talking about. Not everyone knows what we're talking about. And so, you know what? There's no dumb question. So if you're at home being like, what's a collab? What's a collab? Well, according to openmicuk.co.uk, a music collaboration consists of two or more artists, producers, or musicians coming together to work on a single or various music projects. In regards to music collaborations, the purpose is to focus on everyone having a chance to express their musical uniqueness. Yeah, and so I mean, like by nature, a band is always collaborating, but like we're talking about like bringing in like disparate musicians or artists from like other spaces to come together. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, why don't you talk to me? You said like, as you just indicated, like, you know, you knew collabs existed, but like you weren't really like classifying them necessarily as such. So what are some of the collabs in the West? Like once you sat down and started to think about them, like what are some from the West that are pretty popular? So Under Pressure is David Bowie and Queen. That's considered a collab. Walk This Way, Run DMC and Aerosmith. Um, Get Lucky, which is Daft Punk with Pharrell and Niall Rogers. Despacito, which was very popular some years back, um, is Louis Fonsi, uh, Daddy Yankee and Justin Bieber. And then still Dre um, was listed. I took this off a billboard article um, and the song still Dre was listed as a collab between Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. But I would argue that nothing but a G thing is their best collab, but that's just my personal opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then one that stuck out to me was um, in the early eighties, Michael Jackson's song Beat It featured Eddie Van Halen from Van Halen. And then on Michael Jackson's Bad, Slash actually did the guitar on that, which I thought was really interesting because I knew that, but I just never considered it a collab because I didn't even use the word collab before I was like a K-pop fan. So that's where I'm coming from as like a person from the West. Mm -hmm. So do you have a favorite collab? Like now that you've kind of like gone through and identified, do you have a fave? Um, I do. I actually wrote it down, but I wrote it down over here. So I have to like get my notebook out. Um, one of them was 
and I can't remember the like name of the song. I'm singing it in my head, but it is the Justin Timberlake Madonna, um, like three minutes to save the world. I don't know why that one popped in my head. I really liked that song when it came out. Um, and then I actually did really like get lucky. I did not know that was, I mean, I knew Pharrell was featured. Like they, I guess in the West we say featuring. Um, and that was interesting to like realize. And then I just figured one out today when I was doing research for this um, episode is that one of my favorite collabs is Nas with Lauren Hill, If I Ruled the World. I love that song when it came out. So that it surprised me because like, again, I didn't really consider any of these collabs. I was just like, oh, these two musicians are working together. Um, but it wasn't until I was actually in it, like in a K-pop sphere that I'm like, oh, it, that's actually a collab. Okay, that's what we would call that. So yeah, what about you? Okay, so I had a few uh, and they're all different. So one, so these are just three that, the three that popped in my mind first, which really feels, <laughs> I like eclectic music. First, WAP, obviously. Yeah. Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. You know, I am going to rock WAP in my minivan terrify my children and if I hear it I am always into it I just love mm -hmm. it yeah so we got WAP then here's one that I don't know if you know it is a bit of a Gen X like kind of like mm, hidden gem I'd say and so this is Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds featuring Kylie Minogue and it's where the wild roses grow and it is dark it is sexy it is murdery <laughs> And yeah, so if you haven't heard it, like Nick Cave is a forever fave for me. He's Australian artist, really just like great live, sexy as shit. Just, you know, if you're not, you may even know him from, I went on a deep dive on the Afternoon of Delight show recently on Peaky Blinders. He does the intro song to Peaky Blinders. Um, but anyway, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds are just badass. He's from rural Australia, not far from where I lived when I was in Australia, which I always find interesting because it really is like small town boy who must have just been weird as shit who like, you know, <laughs> came good and he lives kind of, I think in like Southern England now. But anyway, it's a, this song is very dark and it's kind of about obsessive love and then murder. So some trigger warnings for domestic violence, but it is a heck of a song. And Kylie Minogue is the female character in the voice. It's very much kind of like a, you know, I don't know what the word is. Not an opus, but, you know, they're telling a story, essentially. A fictional story between two lovers. Spoiler alert, it doesn't end well. <laughs> but it's a good song. Very moody. And then the last one, I don't know what it is about the song, but I know all the words to it. And I can sing it at the drop of a hat. And this is from like my pivotal, like being a kid coming up into Gen X as I like hit, you know, pre-puberty, puberty. And that's Hunger Strike with Chris Cornell and Eddie Vedder. It's a great and song. <laughs> last, last November, I went and saw Jane's Addiction at the Hollywood Bowl in LA with a couple of friends. And we threw on like some 90s music to just rock out after the show. And when this song came on, I like had a moment with it. I was like, oh my God, the song, I haven't heard it in so long. And I was like singing it. And my friends were like, oh my God, you know all the words. I'm like, I know every, like, I just, I really like it. And I wasn't yeah. like a huge Soundgarden fan. I mean, Chris Cornell's voice is it, but like Hunger Strike, I just really love it. 
So I don't know if you remember, because you are a little bit younger than me, but when that song came out, it was such a huge thing for alt rock because mm-hmm. up until that point, I mean, it wasn't like not up until that point, but you had different, it's almost like K-pop. Like if you liked Soundgarden, you couldn't like Nirvana. And right. if you liked Nirvana, you couldn't like Pearl Jam or like whatever. And so Correct. it was such a like moment to have these two groups come together and do this song. Like I just remember, like it was like, world premiere of the you know the song on mtv and it was like, temple and, of the dog yeah temple of the dog and like me and all my friends were like yes like let's do it and like watching it so um yeah like well, i saw it in the notes and i was like oh my god i totally forgot about that song yes i also like that one it's a great song totally so okay so let's go through some of the critic picks of top bts collabs i don't honestly think i agree with all of these i agree with I some either. Yeah. Let's go through like what have been, you know, kind of like acclaimed to some degree. And I'm saying acclaimed in quotes because again, a lot of my faves aren't here, but let's talk about some of the ones that, you know, have had commercial success. Yeah. Um, so this is also a build. I'm going to say this. Let's take this with a grain of salt. This and is, we're also saying this is whole group. This is whole group. Yes. So this is not, we're going to get into the, I think the meat of this conversation is going to be, you know, once we're in chapter two and these solo artists collapse. Yes. So this is just kind of a cursory overview. Yes. And this is also from Billboard. So Mm -hmm. it is real with a very Western eye um, and the critics are the same critics that do things like top 10, whatever, where sometimes like K-pop is not included. So I just want to say that this is not, I did not get this off a site that is from Korea or from overseas. This is from Billboard. Um, Number 10, they picked as bad decisions with Benny Blanco and Snoop Dogg. And I love the song. I think it okay. I, the only reason I love the song was because it reminds me of summer and how excited I was when the song dropped. That's it. I mean, I'm not coming for the song. The song's no, we love the song, but it's just, you know, sometimes that's not in your top 10. Um, Nine is All Night and it's BTS with Juice World. And I have never, I don't remember this song. Like I had to go back and listen to it because I was like, I don't think I've ever heard this song. Have you heard this song before? I don't think I have. I just know the August C one. Yeah. So my dreams. Yeah. Um, number eight was the untold truth, um, with Steve Aoki. And again, like, I don't think I've, I I had to, like, I didn't have time to go listen to that one, but like, I was like, I don't think I've heard that song before, which sorry, army. Um, I don't think I've heard it. Seven is make it right with love. I think that's Mm -hmm. how you say it. And I actually really like that song and confession. I was not army yet when I first heard that song, because my girls are on TikTok. They've been on TikTok for a while. Um, and that was a, like a TikTok song trend kind of thing. So I heard that song and thought, oh my gosh, this is such a like catchy, upbeat song only to find out that it's actually a collab that they had. Um, number six is Dream Glow. And that is with Charlie XCS or XCX, sorry. Um, she was featured on Fancy, if you don't know who she is, um, with Iggy Azalea, I think is her name. So okay. I don't know if you've ever heard that song. And then um, number five is Mike Drop with Designer and it's the Steve Aoki mix. And I'm going to tell you that that song is actually in my top five. So I didn't disagree with the list when the, it listed this one. I do love that. 
I, I do. Um, number four is Cypher Part Three Killer with Supreme Boy. Leah, tell me your how you feel about Cypher Part Three. You know, if you like the rap line, and we both are ladies who, you know, like the rap line. We do. This is a song you're going to feel in your baby maker. Yes, <laughs> absolutely you are. Whatever that baby maker is for you is where this, this, this song sits. Yes, yes. Um, and it doesn't go away because what has happened is that they have performed it a couple of times. So well, what you may download on Spotify sounds different from what you might find on YouTube. It's different from what you might find from their concert in Busan. So mm. just gonna put that out there. Um, yeah, so it, it's in our, I think everyone on the podcast top five probably, right? Wouldn't you say? I mean, <sighs> A good chance. Good chance. It's a, it's a, it's a favorite for many good reasons. And not to mention that, you know, I think this whole podcast or yeah, every host in this podcast is rap line. Rap line. Yeah. We're all rap line biased. So, you know, we've got Nam June, we have Hobie. I mean, look, we're OT7. Yes, but, absolutely. You know, we, you know, if we're going to go with like the bias conceit, we are all, uh, we all kind of have an affinity towards a member of the rap line the most and so this is just a time that's like their time to shine mm -hmm. yeah it is um number three is butter with megan the stallion it's the megan remix and you know this one holds a special place in my heart but only because at ptd la um namjoon literally pushes almost pushes jk off the stage to get next to megan so it's one of my favorite clips I've ever seen. I think it is hilarious. It's pretty funny. <laughs> He's like body blocking, basically. It's it's great. Um, number two, My Universe with Coldplay. And then number one, Boy With Love um, with Halsey. So what do you think? I like it. And I love Boy With Love. The, my only criticism I've ever had with Boy With Love, so don't at me. I think it's an amazing fun great song is I wish they had more to do in the song mm. because I love them and so yeah. I would I've always just wanted them to have like a little bit more to do in the song but I mean that's a quibble it's yeah, a I think that's I think that's the same quibble with bad decisions yeah I um, mean say that Snoop has more to do in bad decisions than Halsey gets in I mean we have just like oh my 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 basically right. And then like a little bit of extra, but yeah, I mean, I could take more, more Snoop. I could take more Halsey for sure. How do you feel about my universe? Like controversial and I'm going to get into, you know what, can I say, my, I'm going to, I'm going to save my Coldplay thoughts for, uh, next question. <laughs> okay. Um, which is what are our favorite BTS collabs? Yes. What are, what is your, or what do you have multiple collabs that you like? Yeah. So this is bringing it down into um, now individual members, I'd say. And so look, this is where I gave it a shout out. And this is where I wanted to unpack, you know, what happened with my universe, because while this isn't my favorite song and don't get me wrong again, don't at me. I like it. I gave, wanted to give a shout out to the astronaut 
which is another Coldplay collab as well. And here's the thing. I don't dislike Coldplay. I don't, I've never connected to Coldplay and this was a whole thing. So I apologize if you listen to the other pod, like I feel like I'm now like the grandma that just tells the stories and everyone's like, grandma, I've heard it a thousand times. And I'm like, ah, no. I didn't realize that I was like relatively of the same age as Chris Martin. I thought they were like much older. (laughs) And so it wasn't until like, the astronaut came out and I was like paying proper attention that I was like what the like so I was talking to Amy who's our you know my podcast host over afternoon delight and I was like Chris Martin's like not much older than me and she's like yeah no shit and I was like when yellow came out I thought they were just like grown adults I didn't realize that they because it's never sounded youthful to me and I guess again I have no basis for these things I'm saying, except to tell you the feeling I have in my heart. And when I was in high school, I dug the Moody Blues. (laughs) And I reserve my feelings for Coldplay. I am sorry, Coldplay, because like, I think they're going deeper than the Moody Blues or they would like to be. I kind of feel like I kind of like hit in the same spot. They're just like more updated, but I like it. There's a place for Coldplay. And I don't like, yeah, I'm not like anti-Coldplay. But here's the thing that, and this is why I want to give them a special shout out. So my universe, fine. I don't have like, I'm not like giddy for it. I like it okay. Um, but the astronaut, I felt really happy about because Jin, which was a surprise to me again, like Jin, the man of mystery, to know he was a huge Coldplay fan. And then he got to do the collab with them and like hang out and be like calling Chris Martin bro and whatever. I was like, you know what? You've worked so hard and given me such a rich fan experience. I am happy you're getting that return. And so I just wanted to shout out the astronaut for that. I do think it's a really fun music video. I like the sound of it. It really matches Jin's voice well. Um, Apologies, the neighborhood dogs are all really getting, they're all excited about uh, the astronaut as well. (laughs) So I'm going to go into like what, what I would say is like a song that really excited me. Um, and this isn't it. This is not an exhaustive list. These are just three I picked because I've got other ones that like, so even the question, are these my favorite? No, these are just the ones I wanted to like highlight. <laughs> um, Sexy New Camp. Because when I heard this, and this was the collab between RM and the group Balming Tiger, I was like, RM, yes, this. Mm-hmm. this Make is more like, of this. Get yeah, more of this. Like this is grown man here. This is like grown man who, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, you know. Even the, the, listening pause, the pause, you know. You know. And so I'm just saying, like, like yeah. You well, because I feel like on, on Sexy New Kim, he is using his regular speaking voice almost. He is in a, he's like in, he's like, it's deeper voice than I feel like we get in other BTS spaces. Yeah. And I mean, like, look, Balming Tiger's voices are a lot for me. Like they get in my ears and they make (laughs) me feel all the things. And so shout out to them overall, but yeah, RM just kind of like how he kind of like slides in there. It just was great. And it felt, I liked it because it felt mature and I was reading, um, 
an interview with him where, you know, he has been doing this interview that they've been sharing bits at with Soyun, which we're going to mm-hmm. talk a bit about their collab too, uh, Smoke Sprite, which is super weird. And I really like it too, but just how he has felt like more creatively free since mm-hmm. being able to separate from BTS a bit. And I hate to say, like, sometimes I feel like I just want to like take Namjoon no, out to coffee because I just want to, I don't know the pressures he's under. I don't, I mean, they're considerable and the world he's under mm-hmm. is considerable, but sometimes I want to be like, yeah, no fucking shit, dude. Like you are 28, you're creative, you're smart. You have a lot of different ideas and thoughts. You're exposed to many different things. Like play and have fun. And I mean, I understand like, you know, when we're talking about like, k-pop being part of a company and there's like expectations but i'm not sad for him to like monkey around doing some stuff that like the whole goal of this is not to like chart billboard the whole goal of this is not to like hit big numbers the goal is to like see what you like and what lights you up and where you're good and like maybe explore some of these alter egos and these other parts of your personality that you haven't gotten a chance to really like flex so yeah, yeah, more of that. And then just because I'm never going to talk about it again, I do, I've always enjoyed the snippet that we got of the guys doing uh, Old Town Road with Little Nas X for the Grammys. And was that 2020? I think so. Yeah, I really liked I it, was, it. Yeah, because um, it's Mullet Namjoon. Yeah, and I know that like watching their like, maybe it was their Bong Tom Bomb or some of their behind the scenes, they were kind of like, at that point, they were big enough. They were kind of like, we're ready for the stage ourselves. Like, we don't need yeah. to be like back up. And like, love that ego for you. Love that fact for you. And it was just a fun, I mean, I like it. I just yeah. liked it. So. Mm-hmm. And I think when you watch the clip, they're having fun. It seems yeah. like, like they're having a good time doing it too. So. And little Nose X, he's a body roller. He can body roll. And you know what? Some of our boys, they can body roll too. So it was just like some good body roll. And I am never going to be sad to see Namjoon man spreading with his arm out, pretending to like drive that invisible car hand on the steering wheel. Right. Never. Laurent free. <laughs> How about you? Um. So I love like, as we will talk about in a minute, there's there have been a lot of collabs recently, especially with like solo work. But the one that just holds a special place in my heart is Size That That, featuring Mr. Min Yoongi Sugar Daddy. And when I thought about it, I think it's like multiple reasons here. First, it was my first big release, quote unquote. Um, like I knew what time the video was going to, the music video was going to drop. I knew what time the song was going to drop. I got ready for it. I pre-saved, I like did all the things. Um, so I was really excited about that. It was coming off of a permission to dance in Las Vegas high when they were about, when he was about to drop that song. And it's become like a hype song for me. Like I put it on, I just like love it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like my ultimate favorite of the collabs. And I think it's just the way that Yoongi dropped into that frame from like the heavens. And then he absolutely demolished the verses. And then he just moved in a way we've rarely seen from Yoongi. Like that Yoongi created all the Yoongis that were to come. When the hip down and then you hear like the red tail hawk in the background. Yes. 
<laughs> and like hip thrusts and finger guns, like what? Yeah, never over it. It's one of my favorite things. I love watching the video. I love watching like the bong tong bomb behind the scenes of the video because it, I just feel like if he hadn't done that, if he hadn't done that, that we would not be getting rock God that we're getting today. I just don't, I don't think, I think that like launched the ship. Like he was like, okay, let me jump out of the sky some more. Let me like move these hips. Like I just, I don't know, rent free forever. Like I, just, I love it. Something, and I just need to add to this, something that lives rent-free for me from the that, that period, besides the fact that I didn't realize that enamel pins of baguettes were sexy or leopard print was sexy, <laughs> um, was when he did the per surprise performance where he showed up with Sai and it was in Korea and he came on stage and people just lost their minds and he performed. And then they had the bong tong bomb of him afterwards behind the scenes. And he is exhilarated and was like and it was something to see it was something to see him because you know he does get excitable and he I do think it does him a disservice to act like he's this like shy retired he's not at all but he was that filled a bucket and it like gave him some hunger and I love to see it and just his face afterwards he was just so happy and so proud of himself and I love he really that. was. And like, what's great too is the crowd because I can't even imagine. I love watching that clip for the crowd because the crowd's there thinking, oh my gosh, Sai's closing the show. This is his new song. This is amazing. And then he comes in with a verse like, hey, it's me. <laughs> it's like, I, yeah, I, we're going to find out next month how that works. But yeah, like, I don't, to be in that crowd that night was mm. I don't know all right let's move on to our collab wish list so who is on your dream collab list so I just went with the first three that came in my mind again I was trying not to overthink this too hard and just go with like my my basest instincts first and foremost keeping it in the family. I want the Jim and Sugar collab that we've been teased since forever, but really like Festa 2022, you made me believe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we've seen that like, you know, we know Tony Montana was a thing and it was a successful thing, you know, like I know Jimin didn't come to it willingly, but like he grew and Yungi knew what was going to work for him. And then we knew that Yungi wrote people with Jimin in mind and they decided, no, not going to happen. So, you know, Yungi's taken that and rocked the fuck out of that. It's a great song. And now they've been talking about this, you know, like I've written a song for you, blah, 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 blah. Where, 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 where is this song? I know because we got the track list and it's not on there. Yeah. Well, we first had face and I'm like, okay, Ooh. where's the yeah. song? And I was like, no. And then it was like, here we go again. And the reason why... I want to see it so bad. I mean, there's a lot of reasons, but one is, you know, obviously I'm sugar biased. So I think again, just because I'm biased doesn't mean I think somebody's better than I just really resonate with them. And I resonate with Yungi's lyricism. I like his like attitude to how he structures and creates songs. And he is a Jimin fanboy. 
He loves the, he loves his voice. He, and I feel as if I want to see him architecturally build a song to showcase what he values so much in doing. And I mean, yeah, I'm not pulling this out of my ass. You watch like BTS long enough and you're going to see like Yoongi hypes Jimin all the time. And, and so, yeah, I want, I want this collab. Where is it? And Jimin is, I would say, or venture to say that Jimin is so his most comfortable self with Yoongi, with Sugar. Like when they are doing behind the scenes, if it's a bong tom bomb, if it's a interview, if it's a whatever, they're they make each other comfortable, you yeah, know? They, so they have a good vibe. They have like a good rapport. So like I feel like what better way to showcase than this? Um and like because of face now, we actually know what Jimin's capable of, like as far as like a deeper voice register. Like, you know what I'm saying? So like yeah stop teasing the fandom and just release the song yeah and I mean that's the thing is Jimin can go high in Tony Montana too we see him go pretty low and he can get like he can spit some rap but it's fun because he can kind of have an edginess and then move into kind of the softness set me free look some other day I have to sit down and just talk about set me free more because I've been listening to face a lot and set me free I love so much and so yeah I just I really want to see that collab okay also this is low-hanging fruit just universe let's do it and that is my kingdom and left baby toe for Kim Taehyung or V and Lady Gaga agreed I mean I want the divas together they've got the voices they've got the presence and my love for V last Grammy, not last Grammys, the Grammys before. So is that 2022 Grammys when he pulled his whole self up, crossed the floor and introduced himself to Lady Gaga. Love that for him. We've seen him listening to Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett on plane rides. It's time. It's just, it's gotta, it's gotta happen. And I feel like that's his vibe. Like, I feel like you know, we've seen him on like lives listening to like jazz. We know he likes jazz. We know he likes very like instrumental kind of music. And so I feel like that is right. That seems like the most like not natural progression, but like if he came out with a like sultry jazz type album, you know, with some collabs, like with other people, but especially Lady Gaga, I don't think anyone would be really surprised. So I felt very much him feel as if like they both have the soulful deeper spectrum register voices I mean he's got a great falsetto too but they've got a lot of power and I'm not gonna lie I want to see him in like a full feather bow I want to see him in like full little monster mode because he is a little monster I know he is (laughs) yeah we've been talking in the group chat about all his ruffles yeah um and not to like go totally off subject but I did find an instrumental version of Black Swan and I am, I have been actively campaigning to get my youngest daughter to use that as her solo music for her um, competitive dance next yeah. year. And I said, we could do all black with ruffles and this neckline. And she's like, no, mom, I already know what I want to do. And I go, I know, but I think this would be better. <laughs> she's like, 
no mom. And I'm like, please, you don't understand the potential. The drama of the dance mom army. You got to get out dancing too then. This can be your time to shine. (laughs) Okay, I got one more and then I'll turn it over to you. And this one again, low hanging fruit coming at us hot from Weverse Live. I want to see JK and Sam Smith because I feel like you know that shit would be what? Unholy. Yeah, but not just, okay, but like. I don't want to see them do unholy. I want to see them do something different, but I just want to see the, I don't, I feel like we've seen JK be sexy, but in a very, like he's golden retriever, enthusiastically Mm -hmm. cute. There is an element of yearning, which I hear yearning ascribed to JK a lot of like, you know, he just makes people be like, oh man, the CK campaign is like boy next door gonna like come over and pool boy your house hot. And I guess I want to see him take that. This is (laughs) what I want. I want to see him take that pool boy energy in the denim and then be corrupted on the altar of Sam Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Who better to do it than Sam Smith at this point? Um, and then I but, went like him and fish, like Sam Smith and fishnets and shit. Yeah. I mean, you know, I love left and right. Um, and I love the sound. I love how that whole like collab played out. But I feel like as we move along, especially with JK, you were getting a little bit more mature, like every step, every time he does something, it's like a little bit more mature, a little bit more mature. And so like, I feel like Sam Smith would be like, okay, buddy, we're adults now. Let's do this. And I agree. Like, I think it'd be amazing. So yes. Let's be real in that like, JK, they just released this week the photos of him on his knees, leaning all the way back, and then just showing that deep bowl of a belly button. But like, come mm-hmm. on, come on. Um, I heard through the Army Grapevine that there actually are uh, undie pics that are to be released. Yeah, I mean, there better be. <laughs> and I'm just like, what are you waiting for? Yeah, what's like, the hold up? We don't do like what's the point of yeah doing- at this point yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. just release it at this point, but it's neither here nor there, right? That's a oh. whole nother podcast. We could that could be a whole nother podcast. I feel like for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I when I was writing my notes, I totally agree with you about Lady Gaga, which I already said. Um, but I was really grateful and excited for J Hope that he got to um, collab with J Cole. And so I would love to see RM collaborate with Nas um, because I know that's one of his big influences. He talks about Nas a lot. And the song that came to mind was one of my favorite songs by Nas, which is If I Ruled the World. It came out in 1999 and it happens to be a collab because it's with Lauryn Hill. But in that song, Nas talks about what the world would look like without the injustices that the black community faces. So he talks a lot about what would it be like if I was just out on the corner smoking a cigarette and like the police rolled up? What would it be like if, you know, people had a better living wage? What would it be like if these people got free, you know, just like not free, but like 
what if we took care of everybody the way that we would want in like a better society, right? And so it really made me think that like from RM's perspective, I think I think it would be really cool if he was able to work with Nas and then write his own verses about being Korean, being an idol, living in the culture that he lives in. He has said before, he's never elaborated, but he said before about what he he was facing, things he could talk about, things he couldn't talk about. There was that recent interview that he did with a Spanish magazine where he talked about um, like the resiliency of Koreans and their culture and their um, mindset and all of that. So I just think it'd be really cool if he was able to collab with Nas and like put his own twist on what it would be like if he ruled the world, if Namjoon ruled the world. So I think that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I think any JK at this point with any pop uh, collab, because I just think he has such potential with Gen Z. Um, I feel like a lot of like JK songs would be like TikTok trends. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, like those are the songs that get noticed, right? Um, and then my last like little side note is that Lizzo is a huge fan of Jimin. And I just feel like Lizzo times Jimin would just be a big vibe. It would just be so much powerful energy. Um, what would we do? I'm obsessed with this. I, I mean, what would we do? Uh, can you not see them just serving? I just, yeah. Let's do it. I want it. I love it so much. Yeah. Um, so I was looking into all the collabs post Permission to Dance Las Vegas. And a lot of them were post Festa. So anyone in particular you want to talk about? Do you want to just talk about them as a whole? Um, let's just talk through a couple. Yeah. So since Festa. Since Festa, we have Bad Decisions, mm-hmm. Sexy New Kim, The Astronaut, Vibe, On the Street, Smoke Sprite. And that's not, and before you're like, but, 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 but that is not including Indigo, which is like so many collabs on Indigo and uh, DJ, which we know have some collabs. So first let's just talk about some of these standalones. So we've talked about Sexy New Kim. We've, we've talked about most of these. The ones we have not talked about much are Vibe, On the Street, and Smoke Sprite. So do you have one of those that you would like, do any of those like you have something to say about? I, I just think On the Street was like the perfect closure song. Um, that J-Hope left us with you know it's I don't want to say it's incredibly different from Jack in the Box and what we got on Jack in the Box but Hobie is so flexible I guess or like I don't want to say fluid because I like it's not I'm not using it in like a negative way he just can become what the sound is does that make sense so like we get arson, we get more, we get um, equal sign. Um, you have chicken noodle soup, you have daydream. I mean, and then any of his like solo songs as a BTS member, but on the street was so like, 
I feel like 90s vibe, like 90s hip hop vibe that he totally immersed himself in and like became like the song. And I don't know that I would, I like J. Cole. Let me just say that I am a J. Cole fan Mm -hmm. um, already, but I loved that J. Cole fans were very impressed with J-Hope on this song. And I felt like that was such a nod to how, because we know, right? We do, we live, eat, sleep, breathe, meet. Yes, we already know this, but I just thought what a great way to end this chapter. And now you have to go into a new chapter and then what comes after it. And I feel like he really set the stage for some like big hip hop work when he gets back. Because that's what that was, was R&B hip hop. Um, and that's really exciting. I feel like that's like, I can't wait to see what he comes back. I know, like you said, he probably already has stuff, which he probably does. But I just can't wait to see what he's going to do in that area, that sphere of work. Like, because I think it's beautiful. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't have much to say beyond that, except for like, yes, love it. Um and I think it's just such a cool, the story from like Festa happening where, you know, Festa hit last year and we were just like, what the fuck just happened? And then it was like, oh, he's like, and right here is my album ready to go. And it was like, wait, 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 what? Like, <laughs> I don't think like, you know, so much happens all the time that like we don't sit with it, but that was, that was such a rapid shift to go into being like here we're about to meet like jay we're gonna do the whole jack-in-the-box thing we're gonna do lollapalooza we're just gonna see this like hobie situation just like he is ready to come out and be all of his many facets together and then to have him close out that second chapter of bts because i mean i am calling when they come back like the third chapter essentially so close it out with this J. Cole song, which was very, like, very mature and very cool and very adult-facing, but in a good way. Like, I felt like we were seeing, like, you know, we've seen the boy, we've seen the young man, and now I feel like we're seeing, like, the beginning of, like, the whole man. Yeah, I think it's a very, like, um, I don't want to say mature, because, like, it's not old, Yeah, but it was... <clears throat> like almost like a welcome to hip hop. Um, mm-hmm. We recently in our DMs got this interview with Macklemore um, about how he, f- how he feels going into such a genre that is really, you know, black centered and talking about how he feels like he's a guest. And, you know, in the DM, Tanya, it, it was Tanya and I talking to one of our listeners And I was really grateful for that interview because it really helps when I think about where Hobie fits in commercially in the West, um, because he has such great potential. And I just wish that more people would give him like the same attention that they give someone like Macklemore. Because if you listen to Macklemore's music, he makes really fun, happy music. He is rapping and he's a rapper and he does talk about social things and social injustices and things like that. But like he is like his music is very happy. It's very hyped up. And I think that is a space that that J-Hope, when he comes back, can also 
you know, thrive in a space like that and making that space for him in the hip hop world. And I think through that song and through that video, um, I think that he did that. I think he kind of just like, what, like put himself in that space. I think he kind of just like said, Hey, I'm going to jump in over here and let's hold, let me hold this spot. And then when I get back, let's explore it a little more. And I think that's, what's really exciting. All right, I'm going to touch on Vibe just very quickly because that's not the one I super want to talk about, but um, I just want to give it a shout out because for the same reason that I shouted out the astronaut, Jimin having a fan experience with Young from Big Bang and just getting to like be with somebody that he considers a personal legend was great. So I've seen people kind of be all over the place with this song. I like it. I think it's, I liked it fine. It's not my favorite, favorite song, but I'm not coming for it. And so, yeah, I just want to say again, I like that they get to have some fun, let them have fun. <laughs> so that's vibe for me. What I want to talk about, because I like it so much, is Smoke Sprite. This is more polarizing. So I really like Smoke Sprite. And I've seen people be like, oh, it's okay. I like Noam June's part. I don't like like her kind of like chorus and stuff because it gets kind of out there. I dig it. I think she is cool. In fact, I am going to go so far to say, because I'm like, you know, we're all fluid to some degree. You know, I would say that I do identify basically cishet, but I'm going to tell you, I'd shoot my shot with so you like into the point yeah. of like, that's nice RM, but I want to look over here at this fucking babe <laughs> who is holding the song together. So she blew my mind in this song. Um, I she, started, like, she yeah. had BDE in that song. BDE. And I also just appreciated like, so that was like kind of like the first time I paid much attention to her. And now going back and being like, okay, K indie rocker chick. Yes, yes, yes. Love it. Love her songs. Like you know, kind of it just being more experimental. Again, it goes back to my point of Namjoon. This is like, I want you to be out and stay fresh. Like the way you stay fresh as a creative is to try things out and figure out where does your voice fit and where are you having fun? And you may want to stay in spaces or not stay in spaces. They clearly have resonated with each other. Um, they've been doing some interviews lately and I feel like they have some good vibe. <laughs> if we're going to like, <laughs> that I just did. And, you know, Arm, Arm's role in this is not a huge job. I mean, he comes in and he's got some, he's got some good, you know, honey, what you doing in my bed, baby, welcome to my favorite place. No, one, no one's going to say no to that. Like, isn't he talking about writing again? I feel like writing's a big theme for him. I know he likes riding bikes, but I think we're, um, oh, I thought you were I saying, we're past that. I'm like, no, no, Megan, I don't think he's talking about writing. No, writing. Like yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, like God. a cowboy. Okay, like okay. I, I was like, oh, sweet baby Megan. <laughs> no, Don't no, 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 no. I am a, I am an arm by bed because I'm ready to journal. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, I'm talking about uh, that. I think it's like the last three songs he, well, not last three, but like, in, I think it's in Closer and then um, Smoke Sprite. And then I think it's Sexy New Kim. He has a verse and like someone was, at one of the accounts we follow on the pod um, was like, how can we just keep talking about writing all the time? Is he talking about his bike? It's just, 
so funny. Like, I think it's like out of context BTS or something. I don't know. Like, yeah. So I, yeah, again, Smoke Sprite, yes to it. I really enjoy it. I think it is interesting. I think it's smart. I think it's fun. I like seeing him do something that surprised me. Like Sexy New Kim, I love. But I was like, that fits kind of like more, that's just like Namjoon in moving into like kind of like a whole man horny space. Whereas Smoke Sprite is something different. This is like, you're part of like a feminist fuck fantasy type situation. Yeah, like that, okay. Cause like that vibe of that music video and like the whole song is very much like, she's like, mm, like, that's great that you're here, but like, you don't have to be, you know, like it's just a power. I feel like it's just like a really powerful song. But what I love about that too, is that not only is it a powerful song, and he is in a space like this K alt rock that he maybe hasn't been in before. He's probably a fan, but he probably like has, this mm-hmm. is his first foray into it. It's like, but do more of that, right? Like bring more to bring more of that to the table. And like you said, and I agree with you, trying it out, like putting yourself in all these different, I guess, genres to kind of figure out how you fall and where it falls. And what I love too is, that because he was featured on that song, his fans are now her fans, which is great because she deserves it. I mean, she- uh, Girl crush, I, girl crush. I mean, she, okay. Not just that she is a great performer, not that just she sounds amazing. She is beautiful. And oh, she's, I'm aware. <laughs> she, but the thing is, is she's beautiful in that couture and then I've seen her on Instagram where she's beautiful in her glasses and her hoodie. So like. And it's a better, I really like it. I like the whole thing. I like her. Okay. I just like her. <laughs> you're allowed. You're I allowed. haven't been into like a lady in a while and she just hit me in all the places. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like what I find attractive in it is. You know, I mean, she's smart. She's like, yeah, come in. I'm like, this is going to be a deal. Like you're in, it's going to be a bigger deal. But he doesn't dominate in it. Like he has a role to play, but it's her show and he's holding her up. And again, love to see it. Like that is real confident masculinity too. When like, you don't need to be like dominating and you can just be like, I'm here and I'm doing my thing, but like, this is, I'm just helping make her shine better. Yeah, I was looking up. Oh, okay closer when he did closer on his on indigo it's mahalia and paul blanco Hmm. um because i feel like that was a very grown-up song too oh yeah and i love like that was one of the things i mean we're gonna we're kind of moving into solo or their solo projects and their solo albums but like i remember hearing that for the first time was like oh he grew he's grown He's singing about grown things, right? Like, not that he hasn't before, but I just felt like this was such a like, here we are. Let me tell you what this is about. You don't need to tell me what the song is about. I can tell. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we 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 know what it's about. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, um, about, well, the only album that's out, because right now, as of this release, D-Day's not out. So the only album that's released as a solo album from BTS that has 
collaborative work on it is Indigo. And I'm not saying like, obviously there's production collaboration on um, Face and uh, Jack in the Box. I'm talking about vocal collaboration. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, this Indigo's a 10 track album and it has nine artists on it, which I find really interesting, like how much he leaned into that. And he went with everything from convincing Erica Badu to, you know, show up to having a fanboy moment with somebody who he used to look up to as, you know, a pioneering K hip hop artist who's become a friend. And that's Tablo from Epic High. And then, you know, kind of more like veteran uh, Korean vocalists like Eugene to then going back into like Americana with Anderson Pock. So I pulled then, it like, up. Oh, sorry. I pulled, I would just want to say I pulled it up and out of his, what did you say? 10 songs, mm -hmm. eight of them are collabs. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot. Yeah. I mean, some of them have two artists on it, but so there's nine artists, but out of all the tracks, only two are just RM only. Yeah. yeah. And so I find that to be an interesting choice because it shows me that, I mean, again, I think it speaks to the fact that he can hold space for other places. Like, you know, they're all helping him shine brighter and he's helping them shine brighter. Um, also honestly they just added like most of his songs at like the co the other vocalists added to the song they weren't they weren't taking away like it really was a good choice to be bringing them on and I also wonder how much of that speaks to the fact that as leader of a k-pop group like he's used to being like his, he's used to being in a space where he is more collaborative and now I'm moving into speculation which I don't really want to get into for this podcast but I have found it interesting that he has enough material he could be doing a D-Day type tour and he's actively chosen not to. It's not fitting his needs at the moment, which I respect. Um, but I was surprised about it at first because it just felt like he, he had a lot of the material and was ready to go with it. But then I don't know. I just think that like, yeah, he, he had a vision he executed and now I think the big question that, you know, looking back in a year, I think this will make more sense what he's up to. But right now we don't really know what else he's got up his sleeve. We know he's working on probably something with Frell, but we don't know for sure. We know there could be some other album something happening. We don't know for sure. We don't think it's going to be a full. He has basically made it clear, though, he's not dropping a full album before he enlists. But he does like to put on his Instagram where he's actually working on tracks. Yeah. Like you can't see what he's working on, but you like know that's what he's working on. Yeah. But highly collaborative. And the artists that he picked all lended something special to the songs that they were a part of. So Leah, I want you to take a few minutes and talk about D-Day. This is a hard one because, you know, in a week. Oh It'll be God. different. In a week. Ugh. In a okay. week. Hold on. Know. But what I know now, what do I know now about Wait, 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 wait. Before you start, I just want to say that if you follow us on Instagram, 
you know that the past three weeks, I want to say, have been, I mean, probably since the Valentine's Day tour announcement, but specifically the last three weeks have been very taxing. Um, It's, we're weary, I guess you could say, um, because the content has been a wave of content every day. And, you know, we have to kind of take timeouts a little bit, but in a week, the album drops. And actually this time next week, we will already have it because we're Pacific. We're going to watch D-Day like four times. <laughs> so I say this with all the love in my heart. I want Leah to talk about D-Day. Okay. So just factually what we know about D-Day is that Yungi is intending this to be the close of his Augusty trilogy, which were, we have Augusty and then we have D2, which are two mixtapes because, you know, they weren't for public sale um, that he put out in 2016 and in 2020. And so, okay. So Augusty's persona, as he chooses to describe it, is more angry, more hurt, and where he seems to be taking D-Day is taking that part of him that was like hurt, broken, felt less than and judged by others in the music industry things like that and kind of it seems and I am speculating because we have not seen the album but what it seems everything is hinting to is that this is going to become then an integration of that into his overall personality as he begins to make peace with looking forward and not looking backward and kind of staying stuck in the hurt which I mean who doesn't like an evolved man (laughs) who acknowledges pain and struggle and also anger which is such like I mean look women of course I mean like fuck we're fueled by anger half the time with like the way the world treats us but men often take their anger and do unsafe things with that we're seeing somebody who's taking their anger processing it releasing it and turning it into something beautiful that becomes like making the world more human so I gotta say like a slow clap for me on what we have Augustine coming for. And we do know that there are going to be collabs on this. Some surprises because like I said, you know, there were some of us that were kind of crossing our fingies, our little furry fingies <laughs> that, uh, that uh, we'd have the G-Man collab. I think, I, th- I think there's going to be a hidden track. I don't know if it'll be a collab track or not, but I do think that we're going to see a hidden track. I'm really curious what that's going to be too. Um, but here's the surprise, I guess. I love that Hobie's on it. I really love that Hobie's on it. The surprise for me out of all of it that I did not see coming was who, Megan? Who did we not see coming? Um, the gorgeous and very talented Wusung. Yeah, from the Rose. From the Rose. And Tanya and I did a two-part podcast that you can go back and listen to. If you have not invested in the rose yet, it is time to invest in the rose. And 
I am fascinated with where this is going to go. I didn't know that they were friendly. I didn't know that, you know, they were mutuals. <laughs> and right? I didn't know they were mutuals either. And the Rose in general, I find them all to be smart. I find them all to, again, be like men that make, like, I don't know them as people. I hope they don't have secret ick I don't know about, but I find them to be people that feel safe mm-hmm. and that like, I feel comfortable as a woman, like standing, not just, they feel like good, good people. And so, and Wusong is like a creative visionary to me in many ways. And so bringing him in with Minyungi. And um, Ruichi Sakamoto, which is also on this track, which to me, I think like, how beautiful is this going to be? Like, it's going to be gorgeous, right? Yes. And this could be one of his very last, if not last public tracks, because he passed away in the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And again, having his music was part of the influence that Suga has stated helped influence him into becoming a musician. So again, we have like another poignant collab that is going to be something different again. So I'm really curious about that. The other one that I want to just say that I am curious about and looking forward to is a song that he has said is one of his favorites on the album. And that's, um, oh my God. Now I just realized that like, I'm going to like screw up the pronunciation on it. (laughs) Agmadala. Right? Yeah, I think it's amygdala. Amygdala. Yeah, amygdala. It's one of these he, things, and I don't apologize when I mess up words because it means I've read. Yes. <laughs> but but uh, he says it different. His pronunciation is, of it is different as well. So don't worry. But here's why I am excited about it because we also did um, Almond recently as a book club on the pod. And we saw all of the members reading almond including uh sugar during in the soup and it's about a character who has um a brain defect in this part of his brain which means that he doesn't experience feelings and emotions the same way and when i look at sugar who seems to have feelings but he also experiences the world it seems to me in an interesting way I'm really curious where he's going to go with this one yeah me too and I when you you know I don't think that it was like as like announced that this was the end of his Augusty chapter like persona and I just think it's so interesting listening to listening to him on the um, shows that he's been on. He was on IU's Palette. Um, he did his own like Disney Plus interview. Um, he's been on some radio shows and things that we've gotten subtitles for. And like you were saying earlier, to go from August D to D2 to this, watching somebody heal is healing. It's fascinating it's motivating and it's inspiring because there are some people today that are in their August D phase. And there are some people that are in their D day phase. I mean, not D day phase, but their D two phase. And then there are going to be some of us that are in our D day phase. And I just, I, again, I say this all the time, but like, I don't think I've ever followed an artist or artists that are this thinky like that are this 
centered around like the meat, everything has a meaning. Nothing is like, he doesn't just go out there and like write verse to write verse. He is very like pragmatic about it. He's, you know what I mean? So like, I just, this D-Day is just going to be such a treat, but I also think it's going to be one of those that is going to be like, uh, where were you when D-Day dropped? That's how I feel about this album right now. <laughs> and I mean, all reasonable. And by the time this podcast drops, let's see here. It'll already be out. Yeah. No, no, no. It won't be oh. out. We're going to be dropping this bad boy next Tuesday. Oh, okay. So it won't be out yet. Um, so just really quickly before we wrap up D-Day, because look, we're going to, you think I'm not coming back to talk about D-Day, then <laughs> um, people too. So that's the story. That's the, that's the uh, song that dropped first. I think it surprised people. And I'm curious, I can tell you what I think about it. I'm curious to know what you thought about it. Cause I, I saw some people be like, this is not really what I was looking for. So I am, I, I'm not gonna say never, but I am no longer comfortable in saying what my expectation is of anything that BTS does, any member, because I'm not right. I'm not Minster Domus, as he calls himself. Like I don't well, he's get like, it he's, Yeah, and he's like, I'm yeah. stuck at it now too. <laughs> yeah, um, but I really loved it. And here's why. The lore, I guess, um, and I haven't been ARMY long enough so this might be like baby or like uh, adolescent army lore, but it's like Yoongi doesn't sing. Yoongi can't sing, right? Like the rap line's the rap line and the vocal line's the vocal line and that's how we stay. And we know that's not true, but to listen to Yoongi sing on this song, I was blown away. And I, I was like, this is fantastic. And I love it. I know people were like, it's going to be, you know, heavy rap. It's going to be like, you know, D2 or whatever. And we still might get that. But even if we don't, I, I love People Part 2. I think it's a beautiful song. One of my, I wrote it down because it's one of my favorite lyrics in the song. And he's talking about love. And how he ends the verse is like real he says really it's the dread that makes us so sad and he's talking about love like love isn't the issue it's the dread after Losing that's what it. yeah that makes us sad and I just thought yeah I'm so proud of you Yungi like love more Yungi like do it so um it's beautiful IU sounds great um I know that the other thing too, and Leah, you probably can talk about to this too, because I, I think you're the one that sent the um, slides on Instagram. But, you know, in the beginning, people were like really dragging, like I use verse, mm -hmm. um, how she was like, for us in the West, like English speakers, we're like, that is an incomplete sentence. But I didn't take it that way because I felt like every word meant something but I needed to listen to the song a few more times to like figure out what that was. And now that I've listened to the song, you know, multiple times, 
I understand the story that it's telling. And so I, you know, to me in the beginning, I was like, oh no, people are like really going to be like, what is this about? But I think once you immerse yourself in the song and you read the English translation of the song, it makes sense. Um, what does he say? I know. What is he? I know. I, you know, I know. Isn't that what he says? Oh, um, let's see. He says, I know, you know, anything does know. Nobody yeah. doesn't know anymore. Yeah. Nobody doesn't know anymore, which basically means everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I love that. I think it's beautiful. Yeah. I look, I'm just going to say a few things and then we'll wrap it up. Um, this is his second collab with IU. Uh, he also did eight in 2020, which is a beautiful song. Um, I really enjoy, I really enjoy when they do collaborate with, um, female singers because it just like changes the tone and it changes the song a bit. And I, I like it and I like IU just in general, like an all rounder. I respect her as a musician and as an actress, and she seems genuinely just like a cool person. Um, so for me, the song, I don't know what I was expecting, but I think I would have to say I kind of expected something like this. I expected there maybe to be a little bit more of a hook with, because in People 1, it's that like, mm, what she does, and then the why so serious. Um, and this doesn't have that. We have more of this like IU kind of like word, I don't want to say word salad, but I'm going to use word salad of kind of like time and people and changing things. And I kind of like it because it kind of like disorders your thinking and kind of sets you a little bit adrift. But when you start to just sit and look at the lyrics, it's like, holy shit, man. And so, you know, I've seen a lot of people talk about like, you know, the beautiful therapeutic, you know, thing of, you know, you're already enough to be loved basically. But we also see at the beginning of the song, he's using the sandcastle imagery and he uses that same imagery on eight. And it's because he wrote, he actually said he wrote this song before eight. But I mean, at the time he was obviously very taken with this idea of like building the sandcastle idea that is going to be very temporary. So I also like, it's fun when like you see an artist kind of like work with a conceit or a motif a little bit, because you can tell, I mean, this isn't groundbreaking. People have talked about building sandcastles many times, but like, you know, whatever. I like it. But this part that got me, well, first when he's like, I wasn't loved enough as a kid, I was like, freaking slit my throat. I'm not going to get into that right now because I think we're going to pack more of that vibe. As yeah, like, I have the know. same reaction. I was like, what? But um, the part that really got me was when he talked about selflessness can actually be selfish too. And I was like, <laughs> I mean- wisdom can come at any age right and so I'm older than him I'm not like an ancient being but I was like damn (laughs) damn to quote JK in a v-line was like that shit is deep because honestly I hadn't really ever considered like so that's the thing is like the sandcastle stuff I like it but I'm like okay I mean that's not like brand new I've heard that before like you didn't invent the idea as a writer I'm like okay like I like it it's familiar it's a trope but talking about selflessness, being selfish, I was like, I want to write like a whole book on that theme because it's fascinating. And so I think that for me became 
you know, and when he's like, it's actually my greed when I say it's all for you. <laughs> like that's like, that's some shit. Yeah. It's, you know, without, I don't want to like step out of line here. It's a love song. I feel like it's a love song. And I'm not saying like, it has to be about a person. I'm just saying when you, okay. So again, army lore, Yungi's like the, what did we call it? Sunder, Sundry character. Sundaria. Yeah. yeah. Sundary character. Right. He's the one that's always like, don't touch me. Don't, you know, don't hug me. Don't whatever. Um, and they play that up a lot, especially in the beginning, like in the early years. So I felt like this song was very much about him. I'm not going to say discovering love because that makes it seem like a person, but like really finding out what love is about. Because, you know, when you're young and you're like, oh my God, I'm in love. And, you know, it's like puppy love. And then you change and love changes. And then the next step or relationship or whatever, whatever you love, whether it's creative entity, whether it's your job, whether it's, you know, a relationship, a friend, whatever, it evolves. Your idea of love evolves. And then one day you're left with like, this is the kind of love I want. This is the kind of love I want to put out into the world. And this is what I've learned from being a loving person. And to me, I real that really came out in that song for me, that he had gone through all these stages learning about love, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And so, you know, it's a, it's a song about love, that, not necessarily about a person, but just about love and being loved and loving and allowing, like almost allowing yourself to love. Yeah. And what does that look like? And I think that like, we see him speaking to different people and like, oh God, I'm so sorry. We're turning this into like the deep dive of people too. We can wrap this up soon. But yeah, I mean, at times he's speaking to a you and I often take that to be himself when he's doing that. I wasn't sure at first, but the more I've listened to it, I feel like that is sometimes him. Like when it's like the, what is it that makes you so sad? And then the answer being, it's the dread that's so daunting. I feel like that is like a self-directed speech, but then we do speak of like the us and the we's. And then I think then we're moving into that, like, you know, talking more relationally about himself with others and then we see the I so instead of the you is like really addressing himself as like a second like grappling with himself there's like sometimes like moving into like a more of a self-reflection part too of like there's no winners or losers in the game but I'm always the loser um so I mean like I think he speaks to himself on kind of two different levels in the song and then there's times where he's kind of grappling with this idea of like and the you could be to like a specific person too that is possible but um the we certainly is encompassing himself with others be it one person a lover or multiple people in his life yeah okay yeah. maybe a dumb question because it's not like I haven't received 10,000 DMs about D-Day. But is D-Day billed as Sugar or is it being billed as Augusty? Well, the concert itself is being billed as Sugar Augusty, which is interesting. Oh, it's okay because I feel like with the close of his Augusty chapter and he's kind of having to close his sugar chapter just for a bit, not forever, just for a little bit. I almost feel like maybe 
the grown men yoon gi is when you're talking about he singing like when he says you or i in the song yeah. that maybe men yoon gi yoon gi is singing to his augusty per persona or his sugar persona and like vice versa that's the only reason why i bring it up because it's it is fascinating how the tour is being built it is fascinating how all of this is being built you know kind of thing so You've given me some things to chew on and I appreciate that. And I think that that could be a valid way. And ultimately, look, there's the artist's intent of what they're doing. And then there's always going to be like where like, you know, the listener interprets and puts their own things into it and how we react in our life experiences and what that gives us entry into. All that to say, I thought it was poignant as fuck. And if this was like the first little dinky dad that he was thrown out, I was like, we are in for him to own our whole asses. And then he did the glitch video yesterday where he's just like growling in his little like deep sex voice with like, you know, the flashing of everything. And we see on the screen, and this is where I was going to say, like in closing it out too, is we see the basketball that says August D 2016, 2023. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know. It's so extra. I just love it. <laughs> okay. It's extra, but also the MV we got is also extra because man's just hanging out in his house apartment I know it's not his it's a set but like let me make some coffee in the morning and go out on my deck with my dog that's not really my dog and let me take a nap on this couch and let me sit on the bathroom counter with no socks on like Yungi, what are you serving here today like the music video is interesting and confounding I also know that he had originally wanted um IU to do a music video with him and she was too busy in her schedule so I don't know if they were just like well shit man I don't know let's just have you look good alone with a dog <laughs> it's fine <laughs> yeah how are the dogs winning the Yungi situation here like dogs are winning hashtag dog winning so I am gonna make my uh Leah Stradamus prediction and then I'm going to release and move on and that is Tanya myself and Lexi who collabs with the podcast sometimes we all ordered um and you made have two I don't know but we all ended up ordering our um D-Day albums from uh Weavers Global so that we could go into the like fan meet it's like getting a Willy Wonka golden ticket and I wasn't even like mentally cognizant of what I was doing. I was just like, do it, do it. <laughs> so we did it. But then like recently I was like, okay. I mean, like a bazillion people did it. But what happens if you become the person? Like what happens if you get 60 seconds in front of Min Yoon Gi to be like, sup? <laughs> and so I workshopped it. And the reason I'm bringing this up is thematic to tie in. Because I realized that I think what I would do, so just naming it lets me even pretend to have the experience, is I was like, I don't want to turn it into me trying to talk at him. I don't want to, and I feel like energetically, it's a lot to receive like 50 random calls. You don't know what you're going to get. Like I'm an extrovert. And I think I would even find that to be taxing of like, I don't know what I'm going to get coming through this phone. I don't feel like I need to say a whole lot of anything. I think I'd be like, here's my dog. You want to look at my dog for a minute? Because we can just sit here and you can fucking chill out and we're going to look at this dog. So if any of you are listening and you are so lucky as to get a fan chat with Yungi, consider it. 
I mean, he's putting in a lot of work and I don't know. I don't know if he would mind. I think that could be a good thing. Like give him some self-care. My dog is an a-hole, but it'll sit there and eat treats and it's cute. And I'll be like, look, here's my dog. Just take a minute. I'm good. <laughs> I have a lot to say, but it's not going to fill a minute. Like I'm going to take 60,000 hours. So I'm going to do nothing and just let you look at my dog. Yeah. I mean, I think that's smart. I've seen some video of the gym and van calls and everybody looks uncomfortable. <laughs> I hate to say that, but like, it's wild. It is because I know myself and I would probably be overexcited. Like I would have to plan it out if it was me. I didn't buy from Weaver, so it's not me, which is fine. But, um, I think that's a good strategy. I think a good strategy would be like, I'm going to take, do you have any alcohol with you? Let's take a shot. Like he would love that. Right. Like he'd be like, yes, like cheers. Right. So like, I feel like something like that is like way more creative than you and you marry me, you know, like. Well, and the thing that's just struck me so much and this, how long have we been recording? Cause I don't want to be here, make people be here all night. I mean, we've gone over like 20 minutes from when we started. Okay. Like it's been an hour and like 15. Okay. We're not doing too bad. We're not like, three oh no, hours. almost an hour and a half. That's fine. We're not okay. at like three hours or anything. Okay. But let's, we'll, we got to wrap this we up. Were, well, yeah. I want to do, before we do our, um, our road to Augusty, like live shows in May, I'd like to do a small pod on conference etiquette. So if yeah. anyone does have any advice or tips from, you know, being at different shows and seeing particularly good behavior to encourage or poor behavior to say, please less of that, you know, email us at afternoon.army at gmail.com because I'd like to compile it because lately, like when I went to see Epic High last week, there were a couple of times where I was just like, I'm not loving some of the things I'm seeing. Like I'm seeing a lot of happiness. I'm seeing a lot of joy. I'm also seeing like times where the artist is trying to have like a meaningful connection with the crowd. And I mean, look, they're a performer. They're not looking to like get your life story, but they're just looking to like, you know, here's a mass of humanity. I do think it's natural to be like, I want to energetically connect into this. And it's really hard when you've got one person there who's just like, you know, like, yeah, just like, cheer like it doesn't the bar is not high and so I think that's where I've seen like with like Namjoon like with some of them just talking about like and even JK with like the whole like stocky shit that's gone down for him mm -hmm. of these are at the end of the day human beings yes all celebrities are human beings they may live extraordinary lives that we can't understand and that's fine like there's gonna be elements that are gonna be like totally cuckoo but they're still people and I just think that like, we can't lose that heart of anything in that interaction of like in front of you as a human being, they are not a toy. They are not like, you know, like a made up creation. Treat them accordingly. Just treat them with respect and kindness. And it's human decency to want to meet someone else's needs as well as your own. So just like, yeah. Yeah. But I just hope that you get picked. Because I feel like if you were like, this is my dog and we just wanted to say hi, I feel like he would baby talk the dog and then it would just make your life. So oh, I I'm mean, manifesting there's that like for you. Selfishness here too, but it's also just like the fact that I was like, how do you make, how do you use your time to have the ultimate fan experience? And I'm like, I want to give the artist who's given me so much that moment, but am I going to get something out of that? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, I am. It's not... Because what's the quote that we're talking about here? Let me go back to just make sure I don't butcher it. 
it is that selflessness can actually be selfish too. <laughs> right? So I'll be oh like God. selflessly enjoy my dog. Selfishly, I will enjoy you doing such. Okay, so before we close out, I just want to say, unfortunately, our other two co-hosts couldn't be here tonight. Like life, we get it. And, you know, we miss you. But I'm going to be selfish for a minute and just say that it was one year ago today that I got on a plane to go to Las Vegas and meet Tanya and Allison for the first time. And tomorrow it will be the one year anniversary of PTDLV night three. And that we miss, I missed Leah that night, but then Leah got to go the next day. So all that to say that night a year ago birthed this podcast, yes, which has been one of the most exciting things in recent years for me. So thank you, Leah, because it all started really with you and the uh, other Nunas, right? Uh, Megan and Amy, because you were like, you love K-drama so much, but how do you feel about BTS? And I was like, I love BTS. And it went downhill from there. Well, thank you. That's really sweet. And it actually warms my little Grinchy heart. Um, but I think that like it, there was a meme somewhere real that you're speaking to. And I want everyone at home to think about this too, because like, look, not everyone in your, in your life is going to, many people, most people may not care at all that you found joy here, but it's the idea that do the opposite of gatekeeping. We're not gatekeeping this experience. We Never. are like, we don't want to be like MLM about it. We don't want to be like evangelizing, but we want to be like, Hey, if you see a friend who is like interested in things that may be adjacent, be like, have you ever considered looking over here? Because there's a lot of good here. I did that last night on um, our Instagram stories. I was like, hey, are there any stays around? Because this anime, like this gal does animation for stays. <laughs> the DMs were like, oh my God, I'm a stay. I love Stray Kids. And it was like the best. I was like, oh my gosh, what did I do? I just lit a fire. And like, I don't even consider myself a baby stay. I am like, stay adjacent still I guess I do get a lot of DMs of stray kids from Leah it's fine for me I mean I I, my, my daughter's full-blown stay look I'm stay I'm not slail yeah. they stay but I like I like stray kids they're gonna be like one of my go-to groups and the group that really I've been like putting on the back burner because I, I like stray kids and I like ATs a lot in terms of like the the guy groups not army like I like them a normal amount but the group I've been like you know I'm gonna like them but I just don't have time I really just don't have fucking time txt and txt the love I mean like I can't if you're gonna love bts that much I'm gonna love you yeah (laughs) and if if, I love you so much I'm gonna love you too right if if Min Yoongi wants what's best for you so do I so do I. And That's so how I feel. What do I need to do? What do I need to do? TXT. I am in. Let's let's do it. So, listen. We did so well without adult supervision. I just want to say, did we? Did we? I, I mean, we I, didn't go off the deep end. How about that? Yeah, we were not discussed. We were not disgusting. Right. <laughs> yay us. Yay. Yay. I would even argue to say we weren't NSFW. We were maybe like PG-13. Yeah, it could have, listen, honest, 
it could have gone off the rails, the two of us. So it could have. So I hope that Allison and Tanya are, you know, proud of us for right. having retreat. And everyone, this this is going to be dropping Tuesday. Hydrate, stretch, rest, rest, eat well. Yep. Get ready for D-Day. Pack snacks. <laughs> I feel like you need pack This snacks. is dropping Tuesday unless the day Hobie goes into the army too. Oh. God damn it. Do it Monday night. God damn it. Well, we oh, are going to drop Wednesday. a little Hobie something too because. Yeah, I, yeah, we are. We are. We'll figure it out. Well, all right. Always a pleasure, Megan. Yes. What do we say? For can't get enough of BTS? Cool. Neither can we. So between shows, why don't you hop on over to at Afternoon Army on Instagram and join the conversation. Want to support us as a newer podcast hitting the scene? Great. Share the love by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And last, but certainly not least, don't forget to check out the other pod in our network, Afternoon Delight. K-drama deep dives from three romance authors with new episodes dropping every Wednesday.